today's episode of The Corner Booth, Mulraney and I are back. and We actually have some sports to talk about. We discussed the NBA heading to Disney World and starting their season. We talk about MLB not being able to figure out how to get a season started. We talk about golf coming back. First real competitive tournament in what seems like forever. Conor McGregor retiring. And Mulraney and I have a little bit of an exciting announcement to give you guys. But first... We have a word from our sponsor, Quite On Cue. Quite On Cue is a Twitch affiliate streamer who focuses on role-playing and shooter games. If you're interested in a fun streamer who engages with great storylines and adds a competitive angle, Quite On Cue is the streamer for you. Consider giving his stream a follow or subscribing for an ad-free premium experience. You can find Cue's stream at twitch.tv slash Quite On Cue and follow him on YouTube and all socials at Quite On Cue. Q-U-I-T-E-O-N-Q. That's Quite. Like right on cue. All right, let's roll. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 21 of the Corner Booth. Mulraney and I are here. You folks are lucky you do not have a video component because Mike looks absolutely awesome. He got a haircut. He looked like a young Robert Redford. You guys wouldn't be able to focus on anything other than staring into his eyes and looking at this hair. Unbelievable. Phase two is doing great things for New York. I got a haircut two days after it started. I feel great. I no longer look like a 30-year-old Justin Bieber wannabe. We are doing it all here on the Blackjack Show for all of the casino enthusiasts. Episode 21. We are just ramming through episodes. We have a lot to talk about here. Um, First, I'm going to give you guys our fun announcement at the top of the show. I don't want to wait till the end. So I live in the South. I moved from New York a couple years ago. Uh, Mulraney and I, former co-workers, now uh, we do the blog together, obviously. That's why you're listening to us here. Uh, Mulraney, along with Q, who does our movie podcast with me, they are making a trip down to my neck of the woods. We are going to be doing some live podcasting that we're going to be putting up on the site. We're also going to have... Pretty much a backyard Olympics, I guess you would call it. We're going to be playing Pong, Beard Eye, Can Jam, Spike Ball. We are going to put together some great content, put that together, put it up on our YouTube page. We're going to try to do as much of this as possible. But yeah, that's our big fun announcement. We're getting together, procrastination. The team is getting together, and we're going to try to put some content out there for you people. This is going to be coming in like a a month or so, maybe a little after Q edits everything, sometime in July. But we're getting together for the 4th of July, America. It's going to be fantastic. A celebration of America and friendship and blogging. (laughs) Competitively, I feel like we are at a disadvantage to Q. Yeah, the problem is that I take everything too seriously, whereas he'll just have fun. That's that's the advantage there. Yeah, as you've noticed, I will... I'll probably come out in like a cut-off American flag tank top, some real hardo type move, and be diving all over the place. People are just trying to eat a burger and relax, and you know I'm dripping sweat, diving all over the spike ball court. So winners win. Exactly, and that's what happened here the other day. Um, you know, obviously, as many of you know from our blog, I'm sober, so I am at an advantage when we play a game such as beer pong because I'm sober the entire game. Yeah, but I went like. Me and my buddy played uh, the Procrastination Princess and his girlfriend, and we went like 12-2. and two. So I, I, it is just what it is. It's just an absolute annihilation. Um, and we Are played you? spike ball the other day as well, 
with my in-laws, and uh, I dominated there as well. Are you uh, are you going to be playing the pong tournament with the Heineken zero point zeros? Yeah, so I think what we'll do is we'll probably just fill the cups with water and then everybody take a gentleman's sip. So yeah, I'll be I'll be playing with the Heineken zero zero or maybe it's COVID. We have to play water cups now. Right. Oh, good, great. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Socially distant, uh, acceptable here on the range. Um, I've also found this non-alcoholic mojito, which is just fascinating. Oh. Just absolutely delicious. That refreshing. sounds lovely. Yeah, it is. It is lovely. And uh, so that's that's something that we might dabble in a little bit. I had something else to say. Oh, yeah, you know this story. This is my competitive spirit 101. Uh, two years ago, our first Thanksgiving down south, my in-laws thought it would be fun to have a family Thanksgiving Day football game. Well, I'm one of the greatest flag football quarterbacks of all time, um, as many of you know. And we played the flag. We we played a two hand touch football game, and I just had a blackout where I forgot we were playing two hand touch, and I came off of the line on a, just a full head blitz, and I just crushed my wife, just jumped <laughs> like LT, and just crushed her. And she came up with tears in her eyes, like not knowing what happened. And I had to like, I had to come back down to earth a little bit. It was like a Bill Romanowski moment. Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to have a lot for you guys. It'll be fun. Can't wait for you guys to check it out. But, all right, Mike, where are we starting? You you're, you navigate this shit. Where are we going first? All right, let's start, let's start with the bad news first. We'll do Major League Baseball. Now we're getting – we know we touched on this last week a little bit with uh, Scott Boris uh, allegedly undermining some of the union's activities. Now we've got pretty much a full blown. They met, one side makes an offer, the other side immediately goes to Twitter to mock the counter argument, where the owners proposed a fifty game season, prorated, so they're getting less than a third of their salary. The players came out and said they're not cutting their salary again. Then they counter with an eighty six game season, where they would get paid rate about half of the season and the owners basically said we're going to lose four billion dollars combined we can't afford to pay you the 86 game pro rate that's where we want 50 and the players went right out i think andrew mccutcheon who's known as one of the nicest guys in major league baseball did a ton for the pittsburgh community as a pirate tweeted out lol immediately upon receiving the word from the union of the offer. So these two sides are now just openly undermining each other in the court of public opinion. It feels a lot like they're trying to set up the narrative for who is to blame rather than who's going to get the success for the season restarting. So let's play into that a little bit. Who do you blame? I blame... I blame the owners in this sense where... For years now, we've seen high-profile free agents not get the deals that they deserve, and they're getting signed around the All-Star break. We're seeing young players like Chris Bryant and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. be forced to spend an extra season in the minor leagues rather than contribute to their team's success. You start to feel like the owners who have had this tradition in baseball before where they've gotten in trouble for keeping salaries low. That's why we had the strike in 94 
It's why we've had labor disputes in baseball in the past. The owners appear to have a much shorter memory than the players do. The owners have been setting up for years to undercut player salaries and player value outside of the big-time contracts to other middle-of-the-road player salaries aren't as high as they normally would be. So the owners have contributed to the bad blood much more going into this than the union has, in my perspective. See, yeah, I can, I, you make good points there, but I think from a casual fan's perspective, the players look bad here. Because I think, from my perspective, if you don't read too much into this, the way it's been, you know, perceived through MLB Network and online is that the owners have offered the players a way to get back on the field, and the players have said, you got to be crazy with this number. But I think to people, it's going to look worse because you, you're you in this you're in this bubble to where we're all nine-to-fivers making money, trying to support our families, getting by, paying bills, and you have millionaires that are laughing at it, that are laughing at a number for one season that you can't suck it up and do what's best for the sport, do what's best for the viewers and give us some type of season. To me, the players look really bad there. Yeah, and and it's certainly the Players Association which is declining the offers where they may not be privy to some of the information that the league has in these kinds of discussions. They certainly don't know where the owners are deriving a good sense of their net worth from, how much of their net worth is tied in to the baseball team, how they're able to make salary, because a lot of people don't understand net worth versus money on hand. So it's a lot easier to look at the players here and see that they're turning down offer after offer of unfathomable money for the average fan. And baseball is guaranteed money, so it's not like they have it that bad every year. Every dollar that they're supposed to get, they get, right? It's not like that in all the other sports. And here's the thing that baseball just can't get right, okay? And baseball doesn't get a lot right, and that's unfortunate because it's my favorite sport. I believe it's your favorite. Yeah. I mean, we obviously love football, but if you got me, you know, what is the sport I grew up on, playoff baseball, there's nothing better, right? But here's the thing. When guys like Andrew McCutcheon, you know, guys like Blake Snell, guys like Jose Altuve are coming out saying that they won't play, those guys are making millions of dollars. The guys that should be coming out are the guys that are playing for contracts, making league minimum, trying to stay in the league. Those are the guys that are saying probably, let's play. Like, I need to get out there and showcase what I'm doing. So now... You're not only getting this perspective that, oh, these millionaires don't want to play for more money. They're also probably hurting these younger guys who need to get out on the field and showcase what they do. Baseball is in real jeopardy. People think I'm crazy. I said this the other day to somebody. We're not going to get baseball in in, in, in 2020. I'm pretty sure of that at this point. It's almost, I mean, it's middle of June and there's no traction whatsoever, right? You got the NBA coming back. NHL's coming back. Football is full steam of fucking head. Right. Everybody says they're coming back. Baseball's not. So you're not going to get baseball this year. If they don't get on the field in 2020, that's over next year. They're not coming back out on the field. 
for 2021. So now you're going to go a year and a half, and then you got to deal with the CBA. Is it possible that baseball is not going to be back until 2023? It, you start to, you start to get the feeling that the labor stoppage that had been rumored for next year is a lot more likely because of the tenuousness of these negotiations now during COVID. So you're looking at this year, there's already no minor league season. So thousands of players now either will not be back or will not have opportunities or will have to stay another year in the minor leagues. And then beyond that, you're looking at next year, do the minor league teams come back? The Astros ownership had that plan to cut, I believe, 46 minor league teams from the systems to try to save money, another bottom line thing. And now you're wondering, like, can they afford to, can they afford to shut down those teams? Because if there's no professional baseball next year and you have all of these minor league teams, you still have to know what you have underneath those guys. So you're, the, all of this is very tenuous right now where we might not have pro baseball next year because of the CBA. And then you wonder all of their minor league plans. The draft is coming up. They said there's only going to be, what, four or five rounds and everyone else is going to be an unrestricted free agent going yeah, into that. Nobody cares about the baseball draft either. They try to promote it like people give a crap. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. You're, you're not even having a season. You might not have a season for three years. Nobody cares about baseball. You guys yeah. have squandered it. You had a chance to be the first ones out. We yeah. were talking on this podcast months ago that they were talking about going to Arizona and playing all the games socially distant. Yeah. They swung and missed on that. They had the chance to come back and everyone played their home ballparks with the three different alignments of the divisions that we were confused about. They messed up on that. Bryce Harper had a great idea with everybody go out and play in Vegas and you do like a, you know, you play a 30 game season wherever you go to Vegas and then you play the playoffs. Everybody's in. It's like a pool play thing. We talked about that. They can't get that right. If baseball is gone next year and the following year, they're done. And not only are they done from a few, they're going to lose their ESPN contract. They're going to, they're, they're going to, we're only going to be able to watch baseball on like, you know, if you order the package like I do, like a sucker, $200 a year to watch the Dodgers. That's the only way you're going to be able to watch baseball. They're not even going to put it on national television. Nobody's going to care. They'll put the World Series on MLB Network and Fox Sports 1, some secondary channel. Baseball will become less relevant than hockey in the United States of America if they don't figure this out. And here's the other thing. Those minor league teams are gone. They're not going to be able to, 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 to afford these teams. You're going to see the completely, uh, like, abolish. They're going to abolish short season A and single A and maybe just have double A and triple A. So now you're looking at only 50 guys in a minor league system, 60 guys in a minor league system. Yeah. There, there's a real danger here in the sense that when hockey first held its first lockout in 03, 04, 04, 05, somewhere in there, they lost everything when it came to national TV deals. And when baseball lost all of its momentum in 94, they at least had, they didn't really come back till 98 in the home run chase. Right. The way baseball is played now, where it's a lot of strikeouts, a lot of home runs, they're trying to bring in, you know, they're trying to halt a lot of the sabermetric stuff that's kind of ruined the watching experience with 
shifts sure. and uh, one pit, one batter pitchers and stuff like that. And you start to wonder what in baseball is going to bring it back if there is a work stoppage that affects this year and next year. What Mike Trout doesn't have the personality. And in fact, the commissioner blamed Mike Trout for why he's not the face of baseball. At that point, Pujols will be 40 in his almost mid-40s. He'll be done. He's not going to play again. These guys aren't going to play again. Guys that are 36, 37 are done. They're not going to play again. Yeah. And then you have a lot of these, you have a lot of pitchers who are going to miss out on tail ends of their prime. You're going to miss out on, you know, it changes the future of, do the Mets want Syndergaard back after he sat, if he's 32, 33 at a power arm instead of 30? Do they Syndergaard, Scherzer, three guys off the top of my head that any team would kill for, even Kershaw, who will break your heart every year, trust me, I know. But those three guys are guys that are in their 30s, and now you're going to make them sit out two and a half, three years? Yeah. It's going to it's gonna dilute the quality of the game. Uh, you can't expect guys to take a three-year hiatus off from the, the most difficult sport in the world to be successful at. And yeah. say, okay, here we go. Time to roll out a product for America and show you guys what we're what we're uh, working with. Yeah, I, I, I'll always watch. I love baseball. Yeah, but uh, you and me are a dying breed. Football, basketball. You know, we have a you know Coughlin who writes for our site. He's a good example. He's like a lacrosse and hockey guy. He's like that new 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 age wave of people who will casually watch baseball. But is he going to tune in? To baseball, if there's a three-year break from it, I'm going to be pissed off, let alone the casual fan. Why would they yeah. care? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, they're in a very precarious place because of the CBA timeline. And there's so much bad blood right now. You wonder how this can get done in a manner that's going to satisfy both sides and satisfy the fans. Because this year's too. done. I'm with you. The fat lady's singing. We're done. There's no season this year. There's no minor leaguers. They sent all the minor leaguers home. Without so, pay. Most of the teams with no pay yeah. were 400 bucks a week. Then you're also looking at, are they going to expand rosters to 50 or 60 people? How are you going to keep all of those people in shape? How are you going to keep them all getting their at-bats? How? What if somebody gets hurt if it's not the 25-man roster? Guys pull hamstrings and not in shape. Even if they come to an agreement tomorrow, you still have to get all of the players to clear medical provisions for COVID. You have to get them all on planes. You have to test them again when they get off the plane. And then you have to start spring training. So they they were saying our last three podcasts, they keep bringing up two-week spring trainings and all of these ridiculous scenarios. You're looking at, Two weeks from next Monday, let's say it takes them four days to get all the staff in and get them all tested and get the results. That's June 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You're looking at June 29th as the end of spring training. Maybe they can, but... It, they could. They could, yeah. but they have to act now, and they're not. They're just... They're, 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 they're just laughing at each other. Yeah, they're literally tweeting LOL at each other. So yeah. that's not a good... Manford is going to go down as the worst commissioner... In the history of sports, if he lets this happen, you no, we have gone through strikes in almost every in every sport, and we've had to sit out for a half a year 
for a full year and it comes back. If he allows this to spill into next year, there's no season. You you botch the COVID stuff when every other league came back and gave the fans a product. And then he then the CBA hits and they can't do it again. If they are out for the 2020, 21, and 22 season, he is hands down the worst commissioner in all of sports. And you made a great point with hockey, by the way. When hockey went through the lockout and everyone hated Bateman, and people forget there was a time hockey was on three networks in this country. You yeah. had Fox hockey, you had ESPN hockey with Gary Thorne, and you had him on ABC. And you hockey was a nationally televised thing. It felt weird because we went from the lockout to a few years where no one cared about hockey, and only that was on was the playoffs. Getting that Saturday game of the week on NBC seemed really weird, right? Yeah. And that's where we're going to be with baseball. Just seeing baseball on a nationally televised stage is going to feel odd. Rob Manfred is somehow worse than Gary Bettman, who's had two stoppages. Oh, yeah. And Goodell has been terrible by any stretch of the imagination. And you can probably find more redeeming qualities in Goodell's work. You can find more redeeming qualities in uh, Gary Bettman's work. And now Adam Silver's way ahead of these losers. But Manfred, you get the feeling he openly despises his own product. That's how bad he is at this job. He spit in the faces of everyone with the Astro stuff. Yeah. The world was calling for him to do the right thing, and he swung and missed terribly. And I went, look, I, I wrote those blogs jokingly the Dodgers should get this, should be named World Series champs. I never expected that. But to not punish anyone on that team who cheated and won the World Series and went back to the World Series. And to not punish any of those guys and only suspend the manager for a year and suspend the GM and take away draft picks and give him a $5 million fine was laughable. He did there's, nothing. There's not even a draft this year. <laughs> he, did, he didn't even take away the banner. He didn't even put an asterisk on it, right? Yeah. Look at the NCAA, who I despise, and they don't get anything right either. They take titles away for... For, for kids trying to get houses for their mothers. They'll take a title away that quick. These guys openly cheated. And good, and you're right. Goodell has botched a lot of things, a lot of social issues that he's botched and that he shouldn't have. But if take that aside, because everyone will agree he's been a moron with a lot of that stuff. But his on-the-field stuff, he's grown football, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Adam Silver has grown the game of basketball. David Stern before Adam Silver is the greatest commissioner of all time. And even Bettman has brought hockey back to a point to where it's not going to be the most hated sport anymore. It's going to be baseball because of Rob Manfred's inability to just do the right thing. He didn't do it with the Astros. And now he should be there, right? Doesn't he, he works for the owners that yeah. he should be there coming up with an agreement to get these players out on the field. And it's, it, it, it's billionaires, millionaires arguing against billionaires. And when you're an average Joe citizen of this country who loves to watch baseball, it doesn't look good that a bunch of billionaires are laughing at a bunch of millionaires and a bunch of millionaires are laughing at a bunch of billionaires when yeah. we're all trying to scrape by. Put a product on the field. Give us something. Yeah. And you know what? Scam players will be horrible, and I'm not going to really care or watch it because it'll just dilute the, 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 the World Series and dilute the history books of who wins. But maybe these players need a wake-up call. 
Like this will go on without you. But to but to but to just do nothing and sit out for three years, it's suicide. The NFL had to do it back in the eighties. The players yeah. wouldn't go on the field. They said, forget it. We'll put we'll, we'll we'll put scabs out there. And you know what the players did before the end of the season was over? They went back and played. They have just had they had a golden opportunity to be relevant again for baseball to take the stage and be what everyone wants to watch. They baseball is the most socially distant sport of the four major ones. It doesn't have that much physical contact. They could have got it to work in Arizona and Florida, and they just couldn't get it done. And now every other sport is coming back. Hockey announced it's coming back. The NFL hasn't said a word about not playing. They're playing. They have an $800 million TV contract. They're yeah. playing with or without fans. And basketball's coming back. And baseball sits there and is now going to not play this year, definitely have a work stoppage next year, and then deal with the CBA. And if they don't get that done, then I don't know. It, it, it'll, it'll be unprecedented and embarrassing. All right, let's uh, shift gears. Uh, before, let's... Let's talk about some good news. The NBA is coming back. They are coming back July 31st in Disney World. Uh, speaking of which, I have a Disney World trip planned in February, and they're not allowing me to buy the tickets until all these people who had their trips canceled rebook and whatnot. If my Disney World vacation gets toyed with in any way, I'm going to be miserable. So I just had to get that out in the open. Hopefully Disney's listening. But they will be back in Disney World July 31st. NBA playoff, the Knicks not invited, shockingly enough. So give the people a little rundown, Mike. How many teams we got, what's going on, how they're structured, this whole thing. So 13 teams in the Western Conference and 9 in the Eastern Conference have all been invited for the eight-game regular season. You play. The next eight games are scheduled, depending on who else was invited. So if the Knicks are on your schedule, you play the next team beyond that. Everybody gets to play eight. There's going to be a play-in for the eighth seed based on ties. Um, in the Western Conference, four teams are within, I believe, four games of the eight. In the East, only the Wizards are within the eight seed there. Here are the odds for the NBA championship going into the restarted season from William Hill. So one question before, yeah. just to clarify. So at the start of the playoffs, we will have the normal eight teams in the West, eight teams in the yes. East, playing the normal playoff format. Yeah. Go ahead. The Lakers are the favorites at plus 240. The Milwaukee Bucks are second at plus 260, and the Clippers are at plus 320. I like the Clippers at plus 320. Beyond that, you start to get into the second tier. You have Rockets and Celtics at plus 1,600, and the Raptors and Sixers at plus 2,000. The Nuggets at plus 2,500. And then you get into some of the deeper odds. Mavs plus 3,500. Then you have Heat, Nets, Jazz at plus 4,000. And then you get into really high numbers. Thunders, Pacers, 8,000. Pelicans, Blazers, 10,000. Grizzlies, 25,000. Then the long shot, Spurs, 75. Suns at plus 100,000. Magics, Kings, Wizards, all plus 100,000. How do you not like the Rockets at plus 1,600? They always have – James Harden always runs out of legs late in the year. He misses a ton of threes in the playoffs. Everyone kills him. It's one of my favorite time-honored traditions. He's had two, three months off, so he might come back fresh. Plus 1,600 is a good-looking good wager there. 
if you're going if you're not going to go for one of the favorites, if you're looking to try to make some scratch, I'm sure the Rockets at plus 1600 are a good bet. The Sixers plus 2000 I think are a good bet. From the long I like shots. The out of the East maybe. I uh, I was surprised to see both the Lakers and Bucks ahead of the Clippers. In terms of odds, the Clippers being the third favorite was kind of surprising to me. They have Kawhi Leonard, who usually needs a ton of rest, but has gotten three months worth, so I'm assuming he's going to play every game in the eight-game regular season, including each game in the playoffs, obviously. So the Clippers being the third was pretty surprising for me for that rundown list. My three favorite here, aside from the top two teams, I would take the Clippers at 320, I like the Rockets at 1600 and yeah, what did you say the Sixers were? 2000 yeah. Plus, plus 2K? Yeah. yeah, I like them a lot. The Celtics maybe, but they're still on that fringe of kind of being a decent value, but um, the Rockets and Sixers are somebody you got to throw a little bit of money at, I think, because those, those odds are worth it. Yeah, and with the Sixers, they're a team that's, they're a big team. I think they're one of the biggest teams in NBA history. Simmons doesn't take any jump shots. You don't have to worry about his form. And B plays a lot of old school back to the basket basketball. You have guys who will score 40 or 50 points a night who you don't have to worry about any rust with. See, I think they match up good against the Bucs, honestly. Yeah, with the Bucs, they're going to need a lot of shooting that's had to sit out for two or three months. Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Korver, all of those guys are jump shooters. You wonder if they come back cold or hot or how much they're going to have um, just based on where they were getting in the swing of things during the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a tougher ask for, for shooters to find their form again, uh, you know, now that there's been time off. I think the Sixers are a team that is interesting. I think the Rockets are a team that's interesting because they do a lot of cutting to the basket. They do a lot of swish and addition, as Clyde would say. Yep. That's a team that I think is interesting. I love D'Antoni. I, I, I'll probably be rooting for the Rockets to win it all, uh, or the Clippers, just because I want anything to make LeBron look worse. So those would be the two teams I would look at for sure there. Um, the Rockets benefit a lot from, in the past, when they missed 27 straight threes against the Warriors, and they've struggled in years past. They didn't have somebody who can just drive to the basket, and Russell Westbrook is that guy. So it's not anymore of Chris Paul moving the basketball around the P.J. Tucker or to Harden. Now you can just say, Russ, turn into a one-person tornado, get to the basket, get your 18 points that way, and let the shooters round in the form. I thought we were going to possibly see a Kevin Durant return, and then that would have been real interesting for the people that locked. Because I was considering just throwing it on the net and hoping that he came back at that eva- at that evaluation. Yeah. But- uh, he has announced he will not be back. But, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be weird watching playoff basketball without any fans. I actually do hope they pump some crowd noise in just so it sounds like a big game. Silver but, uh, was talking about using the t- NBA 2K noise. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, but whatever, man. The ability to gamble on sports again is going to feel so good. Yeah. And we actually can gamble on some sports this weekend. That's how you transition, sportsmen. Uh, we have <laughs> golf this weekend. Uh, we're back. Charles Schwab. They get that checkered jacket if they win, which is kind of cool. Yep. You got any of the featured groups up there, Mike, or anybody we should be watching this week? Who do we got? Well, here here are some of the big names who are on the top of the 
odds for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Rory's at 15 to 2. John Rahm is at 12 to 1. Justin Thomas is 16 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau is 22 to 1. Webb Simpson, 22 to 1. Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, all 28 to 1. Ricky's 33 to 1. Justin Rose is 45. Jordan Spieth is 45. Then you get into a little bit of the longer shots. Nah at 50, Day at 55, Sergio at 55. Where's Phil? They even got Phil listed? Phil is 125 to 1, but he looked great at the match. I like Phil at 125 to 1, but honestly, if I'm picking somebody there, somebody that's been down for a couple of years looking to make a big comeback, Speed, what was he at? What's that? 45 to 1. Yeah, I like that. And if you can get it, I would I would advise you to try to get it, not for a win, but maybe you can get some of these guys to finish in the top 10. That's a good bet. That's a bet I like, because betting a golfer to win is so hard. You know, how to, yeah. I mean, it's really just a crapshoot. But if you can get some matchups, those are fun to do the first couple of days and then make your bet for who wins for the weekend. But if you can get... Um, uh, a top ten bet. Those are those are fun to get. So I would I would I would look at those. For these sure. kind these kinds of uh, to me these kinds of golfing events, specifically this one coming right out of the box, it just feels tailor made for like a Sergio Garcia top ten finish where you're like, oh Sergio, round in the form might might be a sneaky pick to win one of these majors, right. you know. And I think we all love Phil, at least I do. I think you either love or hate Phil. And guys that are Phil guys like I am, you always think Phil's got another one left in the tank. Um, 125 to 1 might not be worth, you know, might be worth it to throw a little 10 spot down on Phil. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, if you're going to, you know, it's just to see how it plays out. I mean, this is one of those. I th- Where is this tournament? Do you have that there? I think it's in Texas, I believe. The I'm not Charles Schwab tournaments. Uh, is in Fort Worth, yes, Jordan at Speed's the Colonial back. Country Club. Jordan Speed's backyard could be interesting. He's probably played this an awful lot. Yeah, just saying. Oh, and we're gonna have we got to do a couple weeks. We got the Belmont too, baby. That's Jordan's big. Race. Back on national television. Thank God. Uh, if you're like me, we've been tracking down Tampa Bay Downs, Churchill Downs, all these other places, Santa Anita, Gulfstream, all the places they're running. They're, they're running at Belmont, but we got the Belmont Stakes on the 20th, I guess. Oh, wait, that's next weekend. Next weekend, Belmont, the 20th. So there we go. That's big. Um, but, yeah, the golf will be fun this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Just to yeah. watch a competitive sport again, sign me up. Yep. It is Procrastination Princess's birthday weekend, so I don't know how much golf I'll be watching, but I'm going to try my best to sneak some golf in during the festivities. Phil, Phil's played major golf more recently than any of these guys. Played the match two weeks ago. 125 to 1. He looked good. Carry Tom Brady. Carry Tom Brady on his back. <laughs> With those massive calves. Just beautiful calves. Like your hair. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so we at least get some stuff going on uh, this weekend. We'll get some yeah. golf, NBA. We'll have a full NBA preview show when that gets closer, but we did want to just touch on those odds uh, before that comes back in a little over a month, I guess, now. Yeah. But that news came official since last time we spoke that the NBA is back. No news on hockey yet, what they're doing, but it seems that they will be back uh, 
at some point at the end of July, it seems. Yeah. Everything I've been They're still just looking for more places to open up. Uh, New York City just entered phase one for New York this week. So you would assume with league offices there that there's going to be a much higher push to have Madison Square Garden or the, my guess would be the Coliseum. Yeah, you, the could Islanders Coliseum. Play. you might be able to do like a three type of thing, Coliseum, Barclays. Then get three games Barclays. going at once. They wouldn't be hamstrung like the NBA. So as right. more places open up, the odds of the NHL coming back keep getting higher because they're looking for two centrally placed cities with a lot of hotel access. So I'd do New York and Vegas if I was them. Vegas yeah. is fully open now. Vegas got people back in the casinos. So no masks or anything. No, they don't care out there. It's the Wild West, literally. Um, so, yeah, I would I would like to see New York and Vegas, maybe. I think that puts a lot of uh, buzz around it, at least. Yeah. Especially in Vegas. You'll get people there watching the games inside the casinos, inside the restaurants, inside the hotels. That'd be good. We did quick. Before we wrap up, this just came across the wire. Uh, the NFL is saying that they are exploring the idea of only having two preseason games this year, and I couldn't be happier. Stop injuring my fantasy players after I draft them. Yes, yes. That's like you're that guy with the sign, like in the meme. Yeah. Take them out. Just, I mean, really. Just just start training camp a week early. Do a little bit more with pads or two weeks early. Cut the preseason games. Nobody cares. Start the season. We're yeah. ready for football. I'm ready for football now. I love football. I watch football every day. I was watching the XFL. That's how much I love football. I there's nothing you learn the first two preseason games. Recently, none of the starters play week one preseason anymore. That's something that Belichick and Brady started. Now in the second game is what used to be the first game, one drive, one quarter of the first team. Right, so let's just take that out. Take that out. They play most of the third game. This is the new third game. They can play most of the way. They can play the first half. Recently, these cut-down days are guys making too much money, guys who get hurt, or filling out the back half of your wide receiver core, your defensive back core. You're not really deciding who's your starting left guard anymore because you're paying these guys such a discrepancy in money from starters to backups. So two preseason games, that's all I need. Let's get the season started around Labor Day as usual. We have one extra regular season game this year. Let's get it all done. Yeah, the N- I, the NFL I, also, this they let it be known this has nothing to do with the coronavirus. No. They just have had enough of preseason football. So, Roger Goodell, come hell or high water, there's going to be football. Not even worried about it. No, they haven't even entertained the idea that there won't be football. There no. will be football. Maybe not at the collegiate level, which would be horrible because I love college football. Yeah. But as long as we have the NFL, it'll all feel normal. And we're going to have the NFL. That I can guarantee you. I think there's a chance we still have the NFL with fans. Yeah. Um, maybe at a minimum capacity, but I think there's a chance we get some fans. But even if we don't, people watch football on TV. It won't matter one bit. So anything else, Mike? I, we covered a lot there, but I think uh, that was a good one. What do you think? Absolutely. I feel the same way. Said it all. Beautiful. So as always, this podcast brought to you by Procrastination Sports. Check out Procrastination Sports at ProcrastinationSports.com. You can check out our movie podcast there. You can check this out. We will be having a reincarnation of Coming in Hot at some point soon. We're working on that, getting that back on the ground, uh, off, off the ground and back in the air. 
a couple good blogs up there uh, that uh, Mulraney just wrote, so go check those out. We'll have a full golf preview by the time this is uh, uploaded and able for you guys to listen to. So check out procrastinationsports.com. Uh, if you're into video games, quite on cue. We read it earlier. Go back, listen to it. All right, <laughs> that's it for Mulraney and I. We will be back next week for episode 22 of The Corner Booth. Thanks, everybody. We love you.